one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, everyone, welcome in. This is another episode of Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Before we get going, I just want to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by our old and, of course, still recent sponsor, lynda.com. You get your free 10-day trial at lynda.com backslash CLNS, like I've been saying over and over again. 4,500 different courses up there, anything you can think of with top experts. Go on and check it out. The show is also brought to you by React. It's an app on iTunes and uh, the Google Play Store. almost forgot what the Android play store was called um it's a great app you can go on there and check it out we're going to start using that and get questions out to you guys and all that kind of stuff it's like if you haven't used it before it is a survey type app jess that's the best way to describe it you can ask questions you can be multiple choice can be anything whatever we choose and we'll act you get your opinion and maybe we'll put some of those results up on air so that's exciting so we're gonna we have them to worry about now and we're excited of working with them so we're gonna start using that app as well so look out for that as well also, Jess, before we get going, big news. Starting next week, you as listeners will be able to call us into us and leave us voicemails. It's very exciting. We've been trying to find a way to do this, and now we figured it out. I know Jess is very excited. Yeah, I'm pumped. It's going to be fun to have actual interaction with with listeners and to get some, some good questions out there that we can bounce, each, bounce the ideas off each other. That will be great. The way it works is we will promote the number. I don't have it in front of me yet. We're going to finalize the phone number to call. Once we do that, we'll promote it. And you call that phone number, you'll be able to leave us a voicemail. We'll, we'll sift through them. You can leave whatever you want to talk about. We're not going to poke you with a question. or We could, but you can talk about whatever you want. You're just going to have to leave your name and a voicemail about what, the, what your take. And we'll put the best ones on air during the show, and we'll uh, go from there. So it's very exciting stuff. We're going to use that um, starting next week. We'll obviously throw all the information out there, including the phone number to call. So stay tuned for that. Until that, we have a huge show in front of you uh, this week. With one week left till opening day, there's a lot of news in, in and around baseball, including the Red Sox themselves, of course, uh, big injuries, big acquisitions. But first, Jess, let's just get going with the MLB headlines here. I'll get going. We'll get your feedback like always. First, Victor Sanchez of the Seattle Mariners has died at the young age of 20 from injuries sustained that he in a boating accident in his home country of Venezuela. Sad news there. Alex Rodriguez has made his spring debut at first base this past week, but is expected to start season as the designated hitter for the Yankees uh, may or may not be every day, but right now the Yankees plan on potentially having him play every day. Uh, wrong decision there, in my opinion. Justin Verlander said that he feels better, but may not make his schedule start on Thursday, which is supposed to be his last start of the spring. Uh, this quote-unquote soreness and possible sprain isn't expected to keep him from starting the season on time for the Tigers. Good news for them. And finally, some Red Sox news around the league here. Red Sox acquired today catcher Sandy Leon from the Nationals for cash considerations. Uh... Obviously, in wake of the Christian Vasquez news, Christian Vasquez has been placed on the 60-day DL to make room for Sandy Leon. Those are your MLB headlines here on Red Sox Beat. Uh, Jess, sad news. First of all, Victor Sanchez, I won't, we don't need to dive too much into it, but it is sad to see this young budding star kind of go real way too soon here at age 20. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of the Oscar Tavares thing last year where he died at age 21. This is even younger at 20, and yeah, apparently he was in a coma for the last... 42 days after the boating accident six weeks ago and sadly passed away last night. So, uh, hate to have this yeah, happen, but 
Our condolences go out to Victor's family, of course, and the Mariners organization who are dealing with this tragedy and all of the baseball community who knew him and was close to him. Obviously, we weren't, but our condolences go out to everybody in the baseball world, of course, for his son death. Yeah, and then we got A-Rod here. Um, I mean, stupid. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) A-Rod, stupid. Everyone knows what we think about A-Rod, and we don't even think he should be playing, but of course he's going to, and he's actually playing pretty well so far, so... He's going to be mostly DHing the majority of the time. Who knows? Maybe he'll get hurt or or fans will boo him, boo him right into the clubhouse. Who knows what will happen? But <laughs> as of now, he's going to be starting most of the most of the game. So very interested to see how the response to him is and see if he can actually last at age forty. Now we have Justin Verlander as the next one. You know, this is one of those guys, just kind of like kind of like the rest of them. Seems like we talk about one of these type of players just about every week, guys who are getting up into their 30s, low 30s, low to mid 30s, and start getting injuries, and guys that have been successful in the past, and I'm starting to think he might be one of those, Verlander here, he's 32 years old, and he has thrown a lot of innings, he's thrown over 200 innings, some like six or seven straight years, and that's a lot of innings, and he's getting up there, and now he's having soreness, he struggled last year, he's getting a little hurt. Looks like he'll still play, and it might not be this year that he starts to go downhill even more. But I wouldn't be surprised if it started happening soon. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's it's he's not old. Any, any problems at all? It's definitely going to be an issue. Yeah, and finally, Sandy. You sure it's not Leon? Is it Leon? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I've never I've never heard his name said. So Sandy Leon Leon. I went with Leon only, honestly, because the only time I've ever seen it is Leon Poe. Yeah, I mean, it looks... The Celtics. Yeah. So, that's why, but it might be Leon. I don't know. You go whatever you want. Go with your gut, because I don't have the right answer for you. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely be either. I mean, I've never seen it as a last name, so I, I don't know. Either way, <laughs> the Red Sox got him from the Nationals, and what, from what I've read, he's a poor hitter, but he's a good defensive catcher, which is always a good thing to have. It's kind of exactly what Humberto Quintero, the other Red Sox backup catcher, is. He's 34 years old, not much of a hitter. Good catcher as well, and then Ryan Hannigan, who will start with Vasquez out. Most of the time, he's a better hitter than the two of them, but still not a great hitter, and he's a good catcher as well. So definitely more in the good catcher variety for the Red Sox here than good hitters so far. All right, those are your MLB headlines. We'll get moving on here. Uh, but again, to the Sandy Leon thing, which we're going to get to, we're going to really dive into in a second. No, it's really more of a depth deal than anything else, and we're kind of looking forward to see where it goes from here. But you got to think that Hannigan's going to be your everyday starter, which will also get. Um, with the Sandy Leon thing, and the Sandy Leon thing, uh, Red Sox got him from Nats for for cash, just cash, uh, nothing major, and he's there for depth. And I'm intrigued to see where it goes, Jess. But I, I, you got to think that Sandy Leon's got to be your backup catcher. You think over Quintero? Yeah, maybe. I, th- I don't know. I think he's a great. What I've heard of him, he's a great defensive catcher, and I think that they're they're looking to have a defensive catcher. I think they care less more about the offense. I know Quintero's pretty good behind the plate, but this guy threw out like around fifty percent of his got his attempts last year, and that's a pretty high number. It's not Vasquez was the ideal catcher for this year. Manage a bullpen well. He really he he manages the staff well. He calls a great game, according to everyone I've heard and r- seen written about. 
And it's a huge loss if he really is done for the season, which it probably is going to be the case, because he's going to get a second opinion on Wednesday. But all the reports and the signing are pointing to him being on the, the disabled list longer than just those 60 days for the whole season, um, which is a big blow to him and to the whole Red Sox team this year because Swihart isn't ready to play this year, but he might be ready next year. So Vasquez he's could be screwed. I mean, Vasquez is the he's – the, he was the starter. He was going to be the starter. He's going to play pretty much every day. And like you said, he's knows the pitching staff pretty well. He he caught a lot of games last year, and he was the man. And he's a really good catcher, and it's really unfortunate to see that happen. I hope it's only the 60 days. I would, I would love for him to come back this season. I'm not ready to lose him for the entire season already. But in terms of the backups, yeah, I think I agree. I'd go with Leon over Quintero as a backup because he's younger, so he's got more potential, and we need, we'd need we rather have a, a really good defensive catcher like him over offense because we have enough offense in the lineup. So if we're going to have a, a backup in there, I think I think Leon's a good a good backup to Hannigan in that regard. If I remember correctly, Sandy Leon will be 26 in July. He's right now. He's 26 right now. Yeah. So he'll be 27 in July. And that's not bad. I know this guy's been kind of jumped around a bunch of places, but it seems like this Red Sox trade is kind of his last shot here. And that's why I, that's honestly why I feel like as well, with all the other stuff included, that he's going to be the backup here because Quintero and Swihart were meant to be down in Pawtucket this year, and that was the plan. And Sandy Leone coming in gives them the ability to keep their young guys down there and develop without having to interrupt them. Swihart needs to play every day. He can't be back. He can't be here as a backup catcher because if he came up here and played for the big club, there's no chance of him playing every day because Hannigan's going to be the everyday catcher now. So you don't want to ruin up his development and screw that up just because of a Vasquez injury. So Vasquez, I wish, I really hope he comes back after 60 days. It doesn't look like that's going to be a thing. It looks like he's, this is probably a Tommy John issue, which is terrible for catchers. And I heard if for catchers, it's a lot longer than pitchers, probably nine-month re- rehab, maybe longer. And I just feel like he... He, he, we're screwed in that sense, but Leon is probably going to be your backup catcher. To Vasquez, like the point we were trying to make here with him and the idea of kind of screwing himself over in terms of next year, like I said, Swihart could probably be the, maybe be the guy next year. And if that's the case, Vasquez could have been this, – this year could have been a year that could have got him sent somewhere else to be an everyday catcher in this league. Because there, there's a lot if – he, if he had a good, successful 2015 campaign, Jess, then – you're looking at good trade value to send off and then bring Swihart up and make him long-term. And plus, you're losing the tandem of Vasquez and Hannigan, which would have been amazing in my ability because Hannigan knows his stuff, and, he, and he's a veteran for a great veteran in the locker room, and he would have been great for the development of Vasquez on the fly, calling these games for these vets. Yeah, it really is too bad for Vasquez, whether he is going to be here or not. I mean, I was, I'm not ready to hand over the reins to Swihart at the moment yet. I think that... Vasquez is very well liked by a lot of people, and people just saw all kinds of potential in him. I guess Swihart still has more potential, but people were very excited about Vasquez. So, uh, but like you said, it it could have been a a good reason for him to go off somewhere else and be successful somewhere else. But now it's going to be a huge setback, and this was his year to shine and show how good of a catcher and see if he can improve his hitting and all of that. And now he's and now he's not going to be able to do that at least for a while, hopefully only two months, like we said, but it could be a while, and that really hurts him big time because he was just starting to get going and get comfortable with everything. He's only 24 years old. He's He had a lot of potential, so I mean, he still could 
further on in his career, but at the moment that's going to be halted. So I know it's, it's, I can't believe we're even talking about catchers right now because it seemed all set up with Vasquez starting and handing and backing up, and even Quintero down there in the bottom. And now we're now we're struggling and signing catchers and trying to figure out who's going to play and how much they're going to play and if they're going to be able to figure out how to deal with the pitching staff and all that. It's just it's a big a big change really fast, and it's never good with catcher because they're dealing with the pitching staff, and you want your pitching staff to be good. So it's just bad in every way possible. It's a very big scramble for a week left to go in spring training. Um, they Look, Swihart is 22 years old, and he'll be 23 throughout during the season. This kid might not be ready. Like you said, might not be ready next year, and I think for us, as fans, I think the best case scenario is obviously Vasquez coming back after the two months. But say Vasquez is even gone for the year, then I think still I think you want Vasquez to catch next year. But you're almost screw- Vasquez is screwed if Swihart's ready. But I don't think Swihart will be ready personally. Twenty-two years old. This kid barely played any double or triple A last year. I think a, at least a year of triple A under his belt makes him that much better. You don't need to rush him along because if he's supposed to be as good as he if he's supposed to be. He'll be ready in maybe a year, year and a half. You might see him. I think the ideal situation is you see him in September call-ups next year and then kind of work him in. But I think Vasquez still has something to prove with this club, and he still has time and earned that time to be the starting everyday catcher on this club working with this staff. The Every guy on this staff this year has said that they like the way he catches and they were impressed starting from day one, the way he calls a game and the way he manages a game. That's a huge loss in terms of, you have to find a guy now in Hannigan who Hannigan does have history of calling a good game, and he was supposed to come in and help develop Vasquez even more in that sense. So, and obviously, and an article that I read earlier when it said Hannigan has been preparing this whole time to be the number one catcher, just because you never know, which most catch backup catchers should be smart enough to do. Um, he kind of showed some remorse. He said he felt bad. He said he was a good kid in terms of talking about Vasquez. But he said, I've been preparing this entire time. I'm ready to be the everyday catcher because he's been preparing with the staff like he was an everyday catcher. So I don't feel like you're going to see too much of a drop-off now. But you might towards the end of the season seeing a 34-year-old catcher be everyday versus a 23- or 24-year-old catcher, however old Vasquez is, being the, your starting catcher. The body is different by the end of the summer. Hannigan might be a little more depleted by then. Hopefully Vasquez is back, or maybe Quintero or Swihart are ready to come back and take some of the load off of Hannigan. But right now, you're, you, I'm not worried about Hannigan now. I'm worried about him later in the summer. Yeah, the thing with him is he hasn't he hasn't played a whole a whole season really. I mean, he's only played over 100 games one time, and he's obviously more used to being a backup and not not used as often. I'm excited for him though. I think, I mean, he's from Massachusetts, from Andover, Massachusetts, and he was very excited to be here and like you said he's he's been preparing and getting to know all the pitchers and i mean he's a veteran catcher that's that can never hurt hopefully he can hopefully he can last hopefully he can take advantage of of being the everyday catcher and i hope he has a really good season because he definitely has some potential and so we'll we'll see what happens but yeah i agree with you it's how how will he be in like july and august not how will he be in in april so Hopefully, ideally, Vasquez would be out until like June or or July, maybe, and then they can split again, and Vasquez can be here the rest of the year and get back into the swing of things instead of having to rely on Hannigan and and your bat, your poor hitting backups for the whole season. The big thing with Vasquez is I don't want him to rush it because this kid has a solid career. I don't want him to waste 
a future just because of half a season if you don't want to get surgery. I think surgery is going to be required with Vasquez. I really do. I'm, I don't feel great about it. And I think Hannigan is going to be your starting catcher. What gets me, makes me feel okay about Hannigan is the quote right here. It says, quote, I know where all these guys are at. I know their checkpoints. I think I can benefit from the week and a half to work on sequencing of pitching, but I know what their ball does. I, I know how they want to pitch. I've been able to talk to them, give them my two cents. They've been very receptive. There've been, there's been good feedback. I'm excited, end quote. That's, that's news to me saying, in my, in my years, that is him saying, I've been preparing, I've been watching these guys, even if it wasn't every day, with Vasquez getting the reps. But I know how these guys throw. I've caught all of them at least once, and I'm ready to go. He also went on to say, I've trained to come in to be the starting guy. That's what I always wanted, to tell you the truth. I trained that way in the offseason, worked hard to be ready whenever my name was called. This guy was preparing when he got traded to be the everyday guy, and then he found out eventually that he wasn't going to be, and was okay with that. He was he accepted that. He's 34 years old. His knees probably aren't that great. But when he got traded here, he was he was preparing to be the everyday guy, and, he, and then, so I'm okay with this for now. But it can't be. It's obviously not a long term thing. Yeah, and maybe he should take some uh, Vasco should take some hints from him because it also says here in the same article that he had Hannigan had throwing issues. Uh, with his elbow earlier in his playing career and didn't have surgery, managed to work through it and change the way he threw. And he said now at this point, it, his arm is stronger and hurting less. So I think maybe maybe uh, Vasquez should learn some mechanics from him if, if it is indeed kind of a similar injury that Hannigan had before. So I'm, I'm excited to see him play. Everything you read is obviously a good sign. And it's great to have a – if you're going to have to have somebody step in unexpectedly, it's probably good to have a guy in his 30s who's caught a lot and has some has some major league experience. So I think I don't think that's going to be going to be too bad. It's just you worry about Vasquez. I think in that to the point of him have, being hurt before Hannigan, that all I think this is still going to I think Hannigan as much as I've read Jess and obviously we don't know yet. It's been it's been a sh- only spring training that we've seen it, but I believe that Hannigan and Vasquez do have a great relationship. Good. I, I think I think it's there. So I think if if Hannigan is willing to, which I think he is. He'll help Vasquez in his rehab, just texting him, phone calls, kind of talking to him, saying, how's your rehab going? Especially if he doesn't have surgery and it's the same kind of situation. It's amazing how in baseball chess, a little tweak of a mechanic can make your elbow that much less stressed on. Oh, it's crazy. So many guys get injured and then figure out what they did to get injured, figure out how to change how they got injured, and then it doesn't happen again and they get stronger. So that was, that was definitely beneficial. And also, I just wanted to throw in, in terms of Hannigan, it's... I think it's good that we have him. I obviously love David Ross, and he was a huge part of the World Series team. But he's not much of a hitter, and Hannigan's definitely a better hitter over his career than Ross. They're both really good catchers, so I think that's definitely an upgrade, considering he's going to be playing a lot more than Ross ever played. Yeah, now everyone who didn't want who wanted David Ross, thank God we don't have him. I, I love David Ross, like you said, Jess, but like you said, David Ross can't be an everyday catcher these days, nowadays. Hannigan, Hannigan still can, at least for one more year. I, I, believe, I really believe that. And it looks like he's probably going to have to be. I think later on in the season, if Vasquez is hurt, you might and, and Leon pans out, then we might see more of a split kind of deal. But for now, Hannigan's I think built and is ready to go and healthy enough to be your everyday catcher for the first half of the season. And then maybe around the All Star break, you might reevaluate things and see what's going on in July and into August. And especially if you're in the race for something, you might you need to find a backup catcher in case Hannigan can't go or needs it a couple nights off, especially in the playoffs. But depending on how they do, Hannigan might be the guy, and he probably is going to be the guy. So I'm excited to where they're going, and I'm excited despite the injury to Vasquez. Obviously, it's a crapshoot. 
at the behind the plate right now because no one wants Hannigan as your everyday catcher. If you think about putting the team together, you wouldn't think Ryan Hannigan behind the plate. But it's what it's what you have. Yeah, I mean you got to go with what you have, and it was a really good good thing to be got him because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that you needed. I mean we've had really solid catchers here for a long time, mainly Jason Veritek, and he lasted a long time, and you never even thought about needing a backup. So all of a sudden now you need a backup. It's like oh well, good. Thank God we have a guy who actually knows how to play. I give Salty some credit too. He's a pretty solid catcher for a few years for yeah, us as well. He, he stayed healthy. I as loved well. Salty. I loved Salty. Couldn't hit a lick, but he's a decent catcher. Yeah, I liked him a lot too. As we've had, we've had the fortune of watching a lot of good catchers and a lot of good years of catchers, and hopefully Hannigan can continue that here to start the season because we'll need him. You know what's the worst thing about losing Vasquez? You're losing a mini Yadier Molina, according to Joe Kelly. Well, yeah, he's, he and, works out with him all the time and trains with him. Yeah, it is the worst thing to hear, yet your starting catcher who was, be, who was being compared to Yadier Molina, who, from a guy who used to throw to Yadier Molina, is out for the year. And come Wednesday, we might hear that. And, of course, we'll have that on the, red, on the website here on CLNS Radio if that happens, and we'll tweet it out, and you'll hear, you'll hear about it. Don't worry. But it's a big loss, obviously, and Han- I think Hannigan's ready to go and step into the plate for now and step behind the plate and get ready. And he knows how to catch a game. He's been around the league. He knows guys' tendencies on this team, and he's ready to go. So we'll see what happens opening day next week. Hannigan is now supposed to be your starting catcher. Let's go from there. Again, chess opening taste next week. It's really hard to and believe. That, it's a week from today. That, wow. That, that is crazy to me. Opening day is a week from today for the Red Sox. Opening night for Major League Baseball, Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN, Cubs, Cardinals, Oh boy, for us, get to see John Lester pitch right smack dab in our face on national TV. First game of the year, and we all know we're all going to be watching because we miss regular season baseball. So good for us that we get to see John Lester's face plastered all over the TV for a night. <laughs> I'm still bitter about that. Oh, yeah, I know. It's sad. Uh, it'd, hey, it'd be great to still have him. We have five aces on this team, Jess, so that's exciting. That's right. He's the ace. I'm the ace. <laughs> uh, we'll get to more about the stupid rotation later. Uh, but we're going to move on first. Before we get to complaining about more about the rotation, and I will complain. Uh, we're going to move on to our fantasy segment here on Red Sox beat again. At once a week, man, we're bringing you these uh, lovely Red Sox and Major League Baseball fantasy players to look forward to. Uh, Jess and I have been engulfed in the internet and looking around stuff we can find to give to you because, hey, it's personal. We're greedy because we're doing it for ourselves, too, because we're both playing fantasy baseball this year. Well, so. I want to I let everyone know give you a lot of credit. You've, you've come up with some great topics here the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best when I have nothing to do. <laughs> uh, that being said, this week we're going to do uh, rookies from 2014 who had great years, who have the potential to fall off and have sophomore slumps this year. Uh, we're going to give you two each, so we'll give you four total because, let's be realistic, some of the big names aren't going to fall off. But we're going to give you two each of rooks to, to people who who might, they might turn into slumping players this year, or we'll just don't expect much from them after what they did last year because they might have been over-expected last year. I don't know. Uh, whatever you want to call it. We're going to give you two players each. So, Jess, I'm going to have you go first. Oh, boy. Do you want to do, uh, do, you want to do one, one and then the other? Split it up a little bit? Yeah, every, every, we'll do every other. Right, cool. Well, my first one is going to be a, who, a guy who was very, very highly touted player for the Houston Astros. His name is George Springer. If you haven't heard of him, he's a 24-year-old outfielder, and he's he's a big deal. He's 11th pick of the 2011 draft, and very 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 highly touted. Sorry, I can't speak. He 
hit 295. Sorry, that's not right at all. <laughs> Redo. Yes. He hit 231 last year. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and he had a whopping 20 home runs and 51 RBI in his rookie year. Real good season for a, a bad Astros team. And I believe that there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to keep performing, and his average is already pretty low last year. The reason people were so excited about him was because of his home runs. And I think he might, I think he'll be a good player overall in the future, but I think he might have a little drop off playing for a, an average team and, and playing on a more full time basis. He played 78 games last year, so I don't think he'll have quite, quite the immediate bang that he had last year, this year. I think you can expect maybe a, light, a slight drop off, maybe around the same average, but maybe 10 to 15 home runs rather than 20. So I could be completely wrong, but I just, he just seems like a kind of guy who, so so people are so excited about him and he's so highly expected to do well that I think he might might have a little drop off this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He definitely had a good year last year, but not all good players can keep it going for another year and those numbers were so good that I wouldn't expect it to be that high either. Uh my first one is your Dono Ventura of the Kansas City Royals. Now we all know this guy can throw the lights out of the ball. Everyone gets excited when he comes in. He has the flair of a wind up and he throws 100 miles an hour last year he threw 183 innings um technically was a rookie last year because he only threw like three games in 2013 for the royals so 2014 was his first full season he did have 14 wins last year with a 3.2 era um where there was one other stat i wanted to give you only gave up 14 home runs 65 earned runs this guy was pretty good and everyone's excited he had 159 strikeouts last year Guys, th- those numbers aren't going to be that high. I'm sorry. He's a great pitcher, but I expect him to slump down. His ERA in the spring so far is 5.14 uh, in 14 innings pitch. He's given up 15 hits and 8 earned runs with 13 strikeouts. I just don't see his numbers being that high. Um, the kid throws hard, which is a, a question for control issues because he, he was kind of un- uncontrollable in the playoffs last year. He wasn't as steady as he was during the season. So I expect his ERA to go up, his strikeout total to go down maybe a little bit um his innings pitch might go up uh, maybe a little bit but that's about it I don't know I just feel like for me the the kid pitched so well last year and he throws so hard that you might see some inconsistencies this year going into the season don't I'm not saying don't pick him up he's going to be a great he's going to be a great ad if you don't have him try try to trade for him he's a great pitcher but don't expect the numbers from last year (laughs) yeah yeah, everyone's got to keep in mind what exactly we're doing we're not saying these players will play bad we're just saying they won't be as good as last year don't forget, these players had monster seasons last year, most of, most of them. Yeah, so they're rookie seasons. They're good players. Yeah. They're good players. I'm just telling you, just don't be high and mighty on them completely. I agree about Ventura because he was such so good for their team and so important and such a flamethrower, and they got to the World Series. So he's going to be very – people are going to be expecting a lot out of him, and he may not be able to perform quite as well as he did this year, uh, last year. So mm-hmm. I like that one. All right, my second one is a pitcher as well. I may catch some flack for this because I know people are pretty high on him. You might catch some flack for this. This is gonna be—I know this one—and this is this. This might be some uh, crazy fans out there calling and yelling at you next week about this. Yeah, one. if anyone wants to argue about it or uh, or chat with it about it or get further explanation, I'd be I'd be happy to to do that. But my second sophomore slump player is the one and only Masahiro Tanaka of the New York Yankees. Woo! Spitting fire. Yeah. So hot in here now. Hot takes. Yeah, he was thirteen and five last year, two seventy seven ERA. He was incredible, and then of course got hurt for the rest of the year, missed the last couple months, 
and disappointed everyone because everyone wanted to see him get a big 20-win season his rookie year and be another one of those fantastic Japanese pitchers. And, well, sorry, he he uh, didn't perform because he only got 20 starts. So I think this year he's coming off the injury. I don't think he'll be as sharp. I think he has a lot of pressure on him as well. I keep picking these guys who are going to have a lot of pressure, and he's definitely going to because he is starting opening day for the New York Yankees, and if that's not pressure, I don't know what is, no matter how good they are because it's the Yankees. So I think he'll feel the pressure a little bit. I, I think, hey, maybe maybe he'll turn into a, a dice gate kind of player who starts starts fairly well and then starts falling off pretty quickly. So I'm saying he's going to have a sophomore slump. I say... Ten wins this season. Isn't too shabby, mind you. It's not no. t- ten wins or ten wins. It's not. But. And he's a good pitcher, but I, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of pressure on him being the top pitcher there. Yeah, I think the ten wins is realistic, and I do think that's a downside, especially what he's expected to be. He's expected to be a 15-16 win guy, the ace of that staff. Oh, they're expecting to be a hero. <laughs> they're expecting to be the savior of the Yankees. It's a lot of pressure to put on a dude who just is coming off an injury. So I agree with that completely. There's... As much as I think he might be a little higher than 10 wins, but I still think it's going to be a slump because he pitched so well before he got hurt last year, and coming off an injury is hard enough as it is. Add the pressure you're going to put on Tanaka, plus the terrible lineup that you're going to be putting, the terrible team that the Yankees are putting out there. The wins aren't going to be there. Uh, the strikeouts won't be out there early because who knows about his arm strength, and I just feel like overall it's going to be down here just because of his transition back into Major League Baseball. Yeah, I just don't. Don't think he'll be as confident as he was before, and injuries will do that to you. And yeah, definitely the, the offense not being as good. I'm not feeling him this year, so I'm excited to see if I'm right about that one. You're gonna get slack for Tanaka, and I'm gonna get slack for my next. <laughs> yeah, <one. laughs> because for when you too. saw <laughs> when you saw me put this name down earlier on our uh, shared Google Doc for the show for show prep, you thought I was crazy. Uh huh. And I you were crazy most for a of while. Red Sox. Red- <laughs> Red Sox Nation, you're gonna you're gonna think I'm nuts. But my second sophomore slump player is going to be the one, the only Mookie Betts. And I know oh. this guy, this, this does Jeff, this does stay consistent with my trade Mookie Betts theory. But look, I know Mookie Betts had a great year, year last year. He showed what he could do. Um, let me see, his stats are in front of me here. Batting average two ninety one, which is phenomenal. Eighteen RBIs, five homers, um, fifty five hits in. 189 at-bats. Look, he played well, but I don't think he can sustain it over a long period of numbers. His numbers, and don't mind you, his numbers might look higher because he's going to get more games because he's going to be your everyday outfielder, regardless of if it's center or right field, looking like center field. But it might not be, as on average, a consistent enough player to be as good total number-wise than he was last year. I know that sounds nuts. I know it doesn't make much sense, but look, he didn't play that many games last year. It wasn't that pressure impacted. And this has been my case about Mookie Betts the entire time. Let's slow the roll on Mookie Betts until he does it for an entire year. I haven't seen it. He's been, Obviously, he's been hot in spring training, but Jackie Bradley was hot in spring training last season, too. So well, I'm going to slow the rope on him until I see it. I don't expect his numbers to be as high as they were last year. He's probably going to be a 270 hitter. Um, with maybe, I don't even know the at-bat numbers. It'll be over 200, obviously. His ho- he won't be over 10 for home runs. His RBIs might be a little higher because, um, just because he'll have more at-bats. But I can't see him being over a 25 RBI guy, which is not a lot for a full season. So, I don't know. It's just, it's not there for me yet. 
All right, well, the only reason I would agree in any way with that is... Uh, yes, I got him. I got no, you, him. you didn't get me. I'm just saying the only the only way I could possibly agree with you is to go along with what I've been saying of all these other guys is the pressure because he is going to have pressure on him. He's in Boston. He's going to be at the top of the lineup. He's only 22 years old, and everyone's really excited about him. That's a lot of pressure. So that's the, that's the only reason I would agree with you. I love that point because it's one of the better ones. He's going to he's 20. What do you say? 22. 22? Yeah. How old? He's 22 years old, hitting leadoff from a team that hasn't had a leadoff hitter since you got rid of Jacoby Ellsbury. And this team is struggling to find an identity. And with a good leadoff hitter, with this lineup behind him, if he does well, they, the sky's the limit for this roster. And he knows that. And he look, he's playing well in the spring, but spring is spring, and opening day is next week. That You play a crap team in Philly the first series, and after that, you hit the Yankees. I want to see what he does in that Yankee series in the Bronx. Well, but I'm intrigued. I don't think his numbers are going to be that high this year, Jess. I'm sorry. Well, see this. See, I said I I could agree with you because of that reason. But I'm not going to because I think this guy's different. I think he's he's just flown through all the levels of baseball. He's got a good head in his shoulders. I've said this every week. We've disagreed every week. I just think he's I think he's going <laughs> to bring it. I think you're going to be surprised. I think he's going to hit about 300. I think he's going to get a lot of RBI. I think he's going to get a lot of steals, and he's going to be wreaking havoc all season long. I am. Very excited about him, and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I can see what you're saying, but I'm not buying it. Look, I know I know I'm in the minority here. Of course I am. I've been in the minority since day one. <laughs> but hey, they're playing Philly next week. Get a little uh, even closer look in the regular season. Get a good series there, uh, Mookie Betts. We can leave you in Philly if you want. <laughs> no, n- n- nice time of year to be in Philly. I uh, just got to have Papelbon and Cole Hamels hop on the bus. But yeah, there's uh, something here dramatic that we're disagreeing about. That's fun. Yes, and I, and I will. We will always disagree about Mookie Betts, and I'll probably have to shove a sock in my mouth come <laughs> May and June because I'll probably be wrong. I, ho- I but, hope I don't have to shove a sock in my mouth. Yeah, but one of us is going to be wrong about Mookie Betts, and I'm hoping it's you. But who knows? <laughs> um, my gut's been wrong before. All right, so that's your fantasy segment. Those are the four. Our, our four soft, uh, rookies from last year, sophomore slumps this year. We expect to happen again. Your Donald Ventura and Mookie Betts for me. And George Springer, I believe, was your first one, and Mashiro Tanaka, and Masahiro Tanaka, excuse me, for the second one. We both have two. Co- we both have a controversial pick there, Jess. Yeah, I mean, they could all be controversial in one way because they're all they're all good players. So, love to hear some feedback from from the fans and the listeners on on if if they think that's that those sophomore slumps are going to happen, and if there's people that you guys think would replace them on our list who you think would have a better chance of getting a sophomore slump. We love to hear it because we're set on those ones and we know it's controversial. So I'd like to, like to hear what everyone thinks about that. I, I apologize for not having the phone number in front of me, but I will have it at some point and tweet it out and, t- and all that stuff. I apologize for not having it in front of me. Oh, and you, you guys um, tweeted us at CLNS, just saying for me. At jscal underscore 18. No, jscal18 underscore CLNS for me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm losing it today. Don't tweet Jared. He's not going to answer it because you're going to send us the wrong thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know who you'll tweet if you tweet out the first one. Uh, All right. That being said, that was a good that was a good fantasy segment this week. I thought that was a good topic. Clearly, right because we got into a little heated argument there about Mookie Betts. We're going to move on there. Don't forget this today's show is of course brought to you by Lynda.com. Lynda.com backslash CLNS to get a free 10 day trial. Of course, it's also brought to you by our new friends at React, the app on iTunes and. Google Play, you can go on there. We'll get, we're going to start using it now. We hit go on. If you sign up for React, you can join the Red Sox beat um, 
group, and we'll, you can see all the questions we ask, and you can answer your questions all the time. We'll put up questions there. We'll give results on the show every week. So it's a good thing we're starting to use it, and it's a great service. So check that out as well. Free um, like I did. <laughs> yeah. I brought up React to Jess. Quick little story here. And it's a great service. It's like, he's used it before, too. And he comes and says, oh, I thought it was Reach T app. No, Jess, it is React. I mean, look at it. It's R-E-A-C-H-T. It's Reach T to me. <laughs> context, Jess. All about the context. If they want to call it React, then we'll call it React. <laughs> tell, us how, tell us how you say it. Call us up next week. Absolutely. Um, but use it. It's a right. good app. It is a great app. Definitely use it. I've used it, I've used it before at Partners with CLNS, so it's definitely it's something that's it's a cool little fun thing to see what your friends really think about you. <laughs> um, moving on. We're going to get more Red Sox news here. Edward Mojica. Kind of saw this one coming. Named the everyday, well, not every, well, technically, yeah, everyday, but opening day closer next week. If there is a safe situation next week, Edward Mojica will be the one getting the ball. Because but, but, Koji but, Uihara. What about Jonathan no, Pabelbon? <laughs> I didn't say that was out of the realm yeah. possibilities yet. Because we have to get, well, that'll be the Mookie Betts trade when that happens. Um, <laughs> Edward Mojica's been named the opening day closer by John Farrell. Koji Uihara has been officially announced that he will start the season on the disabled list. Uh, Mojica, John Farrell's come out and said, oh, that if it was to happen in Philly, Mojica would get the ball, but he has not decided officially in terms of it's not set in stone that Mojica would um, be the closer every single time. He He went on and said, quote, I will also say that we will look to match up in the ninth inning as well, so this isn't going to be we'll look to exploit the best matchup, and that could be any one of our three or four guys down there to finish out a game. Um, that group, Farrell went on to say, includes Alexei Ongando, Janice Suzawa, and Tommy Lane. Tommy Lane has officially been told that he's going to be on the roster this year. He's your only going to he's going to be your only lefty in the bullpen, folks. No, so, Craig oh well, yeah, but long better lefty. Craig Bowles is not good. Oh, hold I don't on, Craig hold on. I don't like Craig. I've Bezos, read that. We'll I've read that he's uh, turned it around and he's looking to have another season like 2013. We'll hope. So don't we'll count hope. him out yet. All right. Okay, I know last year was a stupid year for everybody. But. Yes, <laughs> indeed. But I like Tommy Lane. I like. I love Tommy I've, Lane. I, he's a, he's going to be a good uh, good guy for them. Um, but yeah, back to this whole situation. The closer. We don't have one. Edward Mojica is not a closer. He's like a seventh inning guy. He's not even an eighth inning guy. I don't know why he's closing. It relates his hour close. Um, but for now, it's Mojica. Ogando would be okay. Tommy Lane. I wouldn't mind Tommy Lane either. He seems like he has the good stuff. Um, he also went on to say, Farrell, this is, quote, we're not limiting any of our options. There might be days where he's not available. Talking about Mojica, that will be no different if Koji was closing. But with Koji now not being likely to start the season with us, there are other options. And they had obviously they had to choose a guy, Jess. They couldn't just say, we're not going into the season with a closer, and we'll see who we throw out there. Right. They have to have a designated closer just so they can manage the bullpen the way they think they should. I'm not surprised it's Mojica, just based off of he did close last year when, when um, they shut down Uihara for parts of the season. He was the guy that all along everyone thought, if UER just gets screwed up by this injury, which he now has, Mujica's going to be the guy unless you go trade for a guy like Pavlovich. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that they picked Mujica either. He was a closer for a little bit in, in St. Louis, and then, that, like you said, that was the goal here. I feel like the more logical pick would be Tozawa just because he's been here longer, but I think Mujica's a good... Oh, oh I'm going to throw that argument back in your face. Oh, okay, well do that in a minute, but first I'll, first I'll tell you that, that I, Mujica makes sense because he's a good he's a good pitcher. If he can pitch like he did for the second half of the season last year, I'd be completely fine with that. If he pitched like he did for the first half of the season, then forget it. But I think for a, for a start, that's fine, but hopefully Koji comes back and we don't have to worry about that as much. 
look, Koji needs to come back ASAP. And I think this is going to be a quick thing. I don't think this is going to be a major issue. Uh, but th- aren't you the one who said to me, I could be remembering wrong here, okay. but you don't like Clay Buckles being the everyday starter for the reason of longevity at the club? What do you mean? You said you just said that Mohika got the start because he's been he was here last year and closed and he's been he's been on the club and on the team. Why, if you're using that argument, you've also come and back at me and said, "Well, Clay Buckles is probably going to get the start because he was here longer." No, I said that Tazawa should should be the closer because he's been here longer. Okay, so then does Clay Buckles deserve the start because he's been here longer? Absolutely. Even th- you think so? Yeah, that, I don't. Yeah, I've always said that. I think you're thinking of the wrong person. <laughs> you don't think Rick Pacella deserves to start? No, I think Clay should be it. He's been here longer. He's got longevity, and he should be the ace of the staff. I hate the longevity argument so much. Well, good. We have another disagreement. <laughs> we'll get to that, too, because we're going to talk about Clay Pacella being named the everyday starter. Ah, yes, that's right. Um, but back to the Mojica thing. Clearly, my head's not in the right place because I was wrong. But I will admit that I'm wrong. But Mojica closing, like, like we said, Jess, it makes sense for now. Mujica being named the closer and them not going somewhere else with this bullpen and maybe going to get a closer out there who could help and come in speaks to me saying that they believe Koji's not going to be out long. Um, it's, it's probably going to be, a, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Be so it's going to be a 15 day DL start. Um, who knows how many save opportunities he'll even have in those 15 days he's out. Um, they're playing the Phillies the first three games. So they better win by at least three or four runs. They better win at least by four runs because they're terrible. Well, if the offense is as good as it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, and the Phillies aren't good. The only one I'm worried about is play, pitching against Cole Hamels the first game on opening day. But other than the end of this lineup, I think it's good enough to handle Cole Hamels. So other than that, the rest of the rotation is awful. Um, you shouldn't have to worry about the Phillies. Um, you're, probably, you might, you're not even going to face Tanaka in New York. Right, because they'll start opening day. Because they'll start opening day. So you don't have to worry about the Yankees either, realistically, in terms of your offense. Your pitching might have an issue, because God knows who's going to pitch against them. But oh wait, no! Shouldn't Tanaka pitch the third game of the series? What well, if he pitches? Because it's uh, opening day in those four days, so I guess yeah. yeah. So we might see him at the end. Yeah. But still, you should probably take two out of three from both your first two series. Are you playing only? I don't even know if they're playing two or three, three or four against the Yankees. I think three. it's three though. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. It's three against Philly and New York, right? Yeah, because Philly is yeah. Monday, it's a home opener, then they don't play Tuesday like always, then they play Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, yeah. So, I hate that they get a day off the day after the season starts. Everyone gets all excited. It's like, woohoo, opening day. All right, now we're like, And they don't play the next day. Like, I don't get the point of that. (laughs) I don't need We can argue about We can talk about that too next week because we'll be in the middle of it. But, like, I think it's so stupid that they do that. Like, they've just had an entire spring to get into shape. They've had an entire offseason off. Why do they get a day off second day of the year? I know. It's like, whew, that one game was tough. Let's, Let's get a rest here. So lame. Anyway, we can I, I can dive into that next week. Um, but yeah, so this whole thing, you shouldn't see a safe situation. You might against New York, but and I, I have faith in Mojica to get it done for a game or two. But I I would rather Tazawa do it. But Mojica has the experience closing, and that's probably why he got the job. And plus, he did it last year. So logically, Mojica will get a save on opening day if it arises. Um, I still believe in the Jonathan Palabon trade. I'm not turning that down yet. Not yet. Not until Cole Hamels goes somewhere else. Or he comes here without Jonathan Babelbon. But, <laughs> but we agree. I mean, that, we, we both want Tozawa, but we both agree that Mujica's a fine replacement. Exactly. Yeah, no, he'll be fine. I think Huey Harris thing is just going to be a maintenance thing. And you'd rather have Koji in Octo- September and October than have him hurt now and hurt himself long-term. Exactly. For the season. So it's definitely worth it. Uh, that being said, another, more news. 
we just kind of touched on it, but we'll kind of get to it now. Red Sox officially named the the brittle, greasy man, Clay Buckholz, oh, the opening day starter. <laughs> um, more mentally brittle than physically brittle. Um, Porcello will officially go day two. After that, it's up in the air, according to John Farrell. Up in the air? Like, I don't know how clear is it. Like, aren't you pitching Masterson number three? I thought Miley was supposed way, to be three. The way they've been pitching, though? Oh. Hmm. Masterson's been pretty solid all spring. Yeah, just one bad start. Other than that, he's been pretty one good. bad start, but he's in his minor league games, he's dominated like he should be. In his major league games, since that one bad one, he's pitched fine. I wouldn't mind Miley being three either, but I feel like you have to give to Masterson. Joe Kelly might not even be on the opening day. Uh, might not be on the uh, roster when we start the season anyway. We'll get to that next. But, like, I think Masterson deserves to be the three-starter in that Philly series. Plus, I wouldn't mind. would you want... Would you want Masterson going against Philly or Wade Miley going against Philly? Because whoever doesn't – one of those has to go against New York. The other one has to go against Philly. Who would you rather go against Philly? Well, if we're going to go against, about uh, where they pitched in the past, Masterson's pitched in the AL and Miley's pitched in the NL. So maybe you want Miley against the Phillies and – and uh, uh, Yeah, but I like throwing the lefty against New York right away. I like throwing the lefty. Yeah, that's true, the lefty point. But. Throw, throw Wade Miley into the fire. See what he does in the AL East way. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I think it would be a good experience. I'm just saying from a from a past perspective. I, I think. It makes sense either way. I, I, but I, I really think Masterson deserves a three-star. It does make sense to Buck, that he come out and say, Buck Holster opening as a starter and name Porcello the number two starter because nothing else would make sense. Right. Porcello is clear-cut your number two if you're claiming Buck Holster is your quote-unquote ace oh, of the course. staff. Hey, you're going so, to prove wrong. Buck Holster's kind of a good year, and you're going to be eating your words. I hope to heaven I am wrong because <laughs> I have not been wrong for the last how many years he's been bad now. <laughs> I, I've been preaching his departure for years. I'm pretty sure the only reason why he's still here is because no one wanted him in July last year. Yeah, that's fair enough. They fire sailed. Their, they fire sailed their pitching staff, and Buckles was the only one that no one wanted. That is funny, isn't it? and that's why he. And that is why he's your opening day starter this year. Funny how things work. And so maybe he'll have a good year, and every other team in the league will be kicking themselves. But I'm looking for you to eat your words about Buckles and Betts, the bees. I hope uh, honestly, as a Red Sox fan, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope you're right. As a Red Sox realist and a media member here on CLNS Radio, I hope I'm right. Just for my integrity, my gut being my gut instinct serving me right. Yeah, you're gonna be a. But, uh, you're not gonna be a well-respected member of of Red Sox Nation if you're if you're wrong. No, no one's gonna listen no, to you. No, no. <laughs> Downsides of this job, my friend. Downsides of this job, you gotta be partial. That's right. But look, I think Buck Colts is mentally weak, and I don't think he has it. It's it's leadership by default. It's opening day starter by default. Rick, no one in this rotation has overpitched Buckles because no one else has pitched well. Neither has Buckles. But I was hoping that Porcello would pitch well enough that he would jump Buckles and get the opening day nod. I don't, but I don't think even if he did, I, I think I don't if he think, did, he yeah. probably wouldn't get it any. I don't think if he even pitched perfectly, I don't think he would have started opening day. And I agree, Buckles is mentally weak, but give him a start opening day. If he has a good outing, that's going to help a lot. We've talked about that before. You know what I miss, Jeff, in Clay Buckles? His short hair. Oh, I love his greasy, gross hair. It looks hair. greasy and gross, and it's just a distraction. I mean, unless he's putting pine tar in the damn hair, cut it off. Because, look, just you and I both archive at Comcast Sportsnet. I'm not going to preach here. I'm not going to plug ourselves, but I'm just that's my point of the argument. We've been watching some old footage of Clay Buckholz lately. <laughs> it was All so the short, short. <laughs> hair. It was, it was literally a buzz cut back in the day when he threw his no hair. And I, I think it's almost like a Tom Brady philosophy. Cut your hair, you'll be better. Stop looking like a Jamoke and a bum. You'll pitch better. You got you got you dress to impress. You pitch better if you feel better and you look better. I think he looks, that's my I think he looks fine. 
He mentally needs to believe in himself, and he doesn't. And his appearance has something to do with that. I'm not saying to do Dougley, but he looks like a hick with grease in his hair because he doesn't cut his hair and looks gross. Well, he, and he has a sweating he, problem. He pours it's water just, on it. He sweats and pours water on it. So He really does. It's, not, it, it's just not good. But his appearance aside, the dude's a weak pitcher. He mentally is not strong. He gets in a jam and can't get out of it. Look, I'm hoping to God I'm finally wrong about this yep. and that he can actually come out and prove everyone wrong because that's what the Red Sox are banking on. We've been talking about it on literally every show, hoping that he'll... Just leave that all in the past and and be a be a strong pitcher this year because they're going to need him. So we'll, they do. We'll, well, who else do they have exactly? Yeah. So this pitching staff is not the best. We all know that. Look, it's it's a he got the ace quote unquote ace starting opening day nod by default. We all know that. So this this announcement really shouldn't surprise anyone because he didn't pitch well last year, but. He's been here the longest, like you said, and they're going to use the longevity argument, which I still hate, but. There's no one else. He's been here eight years. It's a long time. Well, yeah. They, then they, they drafted him. They brought him up. Exactly. They're, it's a Red Sox guy. So was Lester, but now we're going to see his face plastered <laughs> all over Sunday Night Baseball in a Cubs uniform. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm still not getting over that. Um, but it's just, he's pissed well this spring, Buckles. Look, he's looked better, I, everything I've read. Um, but I still think that his mechanics might be a little off, and I just I think he needs to... Um, be better. He look. He's two and two this spring, with a three point six ERA over fifteen innings. That's good. Your ace cannot be two and two. Well, in the spring, his ERA is not bad. No, his ERA is awful. It's been worse. Last year it was like over seven almost the entire <laughs> yeah. season. So I'll take it. Um, he does have eighteen strikeouts in those fifteen innings, so that's not bad. Um, but he is thirty, and the Red Sox don't like thirty-year-old pitchers. So we'll see where he goes this year. But, um. Look, in 2013, his ERA was great. Sure was. 1.71 in 84 in .1 innings of work. Um, then he got hurt and had issues, and then that whole shabacle in 2013. But a, I just made a point. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to use that. Shabacle. Shabacle. I don't care about debacle. I like shabacle. I like it, too. I like shabacle. We're going to use shabacle. Um, that shabacle of 2013... And end of 2013 and into 2014 for Clay Buckholes. Better not be what we're getting this year. Because if they're coming in and really backing up this pitching staff, I need to see at least one guy who can come in and have a sub-2 ERA. <laughs> and I, I strongly believe that's going to be Rick Porcello. But maybe we'll have two guys under sub-2, and that'd be great. But I think it's going to be Porcello still before Buckholes. Because I think Porcello has proven that he can pitch well. He just got shadowed underneath the, the the great roster and the great pitching staff of the Detroit Tigers. Now, Buckholz is the guy as well, but difference is Buckholz was shadowed against good staff, but he pitched terribly. Porcel was shadowed under a good staff, but pitched better. But see, that's the thing. So, Buckholz didn't always pitch terribly. No, he had the majority of it. He had a good season. 2010, I believe it was. It was a while ago, yes. Yeah, I know it was, but yeah, obviously Porcel has given us more reason to think that he'll be a better pitcher, but you got to believe in Clay. I believe in Clay as a Red Sox fan, <laughs> not as a radio host. All right, I'm done about talking about Clay Buckholz. I just need to see it. Yeah, let's just, um, we'll just wait for it. Keeping on the rotation, though, because there is big news. Well, not kind of big news. Could be big news with the rotation. Joe Kelly, that guy who claimed he was going to win the Cy Young Award this year. Jeff, yeah, good one. Um, <laughs> could, be on the D, could be on the DL starting the season. Um, this is a, kind of upsetting, but, I mean, he hasn't been pitching great. It must be, might be due to the injury, but he may start the season on the DL, and that might work in with uh, Johnson making the roster. Brian Johnson, which we'll get to in a second. But 
Joe Kelly starting on the DL, far cries from what we expected him coming into the season, Jess. And this this could be a big blow to the end of the rotation because he's probably projected to be a five starter right now, just because of the way he's been pitching and the injury. But still a blow because you're already thin enough at the spot as it is. Yeah, of course it's a blow. It's frustrating. We were excited to see him play, and now stupid disabled list. It's these injuries, and it's just like every season you're always excited about certain guys or. They're all ready. They're going to be good this year. Then they get hurt, and it's like, well, it's not a big deal. They're just a little bit hurt, and then it becomes longer, and then they're out for weeks and weeks and weeks, and they go on the DL, and then it's just this big deal. It happens so often. It's like, why can't the injuries just be like normal injuries that don't last long? They're just a couple days or a week or so. They always they always drag out. Like I, I hate injuries. I, and injuries are pain, and you're hitting them at the wrong time right now. The season even started yet, and you're already hurt. I know. Um, it's, it's stupid. We're going to complain about injuries all year, and it's an excuse, because it is. Already, we're starting crippled. Um, the issue with Kelly, and the reason why you haven't heard anything, if you don't know this, of why he's on the disabled list, it's because he's going to pitch a minor league game on Wednesday instead of the majors and see if it really is hurting, because if he pitches in the minor league game, they can hold him back for a delayed spring, and for like 10 days past spring training, which means he could be available for the second series of the year. Rather than if he pitched in the majors, you have to put him on the DL rather than doing this whole shebang thing. So if, the reason why they're holding him back in terms of DL stint is because they're going to let him pitch on Wednesday in the minors and see if his arm's okay enough to maybe give him, just give him an extended spring for 10 days and then bring him back and let him rehab that way quicker rather than having to put him on a DL. And that's why you haven't heard anything, if you were wondering. But either way, he's not healthy. And that's a problem because you need five healthy starters, and you only have five starters on this team at the moment. So it's kind of a problem, Jeff. Well, as we talked about before last show, though, uh, we both agreed that if Stephen Wright gets a chance, we'd be excited to see him pitch, and that could happen if Kelly doesn't. That could happen, as well as the always workable Brian Johnson as well, because there, he has been pitching well. Want to give a little insight into Brian Johnson? Because some people might not know who he is. I can do that. Yeah, I was doing it. I was trying to lead into it because the article was opening up that I had in front of me here. Um, where did we? Was he? I don't hundred percent know where he was until earlier today. Jess, do you know? Was he in our system last year? Or did we have? Oh yeah, he was. Him? He was right. Okay, I know. I know. I should know that, but still. All right. So Brian Johnson's a tall, is a lefty, and he has made a huge impression on the Red Sox this year, this spring. Um, he pitched four innings on Sunday, and hold on, it's in front of me. Two runs, four hits, 3-2, 10-inning win for the Sox. That was the Castillo hit, I believe, if I'm right. Um, John Farrell quote says, I think he's been had a very productive spring. He has certainly helped his case here. He's a very good mound presence, good poise. He's attacked the strike zone. He works at a very quick pace. Sometimes that gets the better of him where he might rush into some pitches, but he's shown very well. Um... This dude has the capability to be a five-starter if Joe Kelly gets hurt. Um, he's, Farrell's come out, like like that quote said, he attacks the strike zone, he has good command of it, he has he's able to find the strike zone. And I love the fact that he pitches quick, because a lot of pitchers don't. And I'm not saying, not even just for the pace of play argument of the Jets, but like, pitching quick can screw up a batter more than anything. Yeah, especially, if they don't know, they, yeah. especially if they don't already know who you are as it is, because not that many people are probably going to know who Johnson is as a batter coming up. Right. But... If you keep pitching quick, it gets you into a rhythm. And look, Farrell has come out and said it. Could, it sometimes it kind of gets into his head because he rushes a pitch because he wants to pitch faster. But I'll take that when you're rushing through a not rushing through a pitch and getting guys out quick. One also because of the pace of play crap that I hate and I want this game to be faster. But 
pitching faster can make you a better pitcher. He has a 2.9 ERA this spring, and that could translate if he gets more starts. Get more. And also, look, earlier in the year, you could skip a fifth spot in the rotation every once in a while if you wanted to. If you wanted to, say, pitch Johnson once, and then the next time around go right back up to Buckles. I'm cool with that because they're, they're still fresh in the season. So we'll see what they And then you could also throw Steven Wright in there as a knuckleballer, which I would love, by the way. But there's options there. But I'd rather Joe Kelly than anyone. Obviously, it helps that Johnson is is there, and I feel like that is probably where they're going to go because I think they'd rather Johnson than right at this point, especially because he's lefty. Well, yeah, lefty definitely helps. I mean, that, I think they're pretty excited about right, though. I think they might go with him over Johnson, but Johnson being a new guy, I mean, he was drafted. I got it here. He was drafted in 2012 by the Red Sox, so he's been in our system for a couple of years, and no one's going to know who he is. And he'll <laughs> that could be to his advantage at least for a short period of time. So I don't know, he could, he could be the answer too. Yeah, I mean, it's, you say we have no other pitchers, but of course there's always options. Not necessarily like really good options, but at least there are a couple options that we could have. Kelly is out. Do you think if Johnson doesn't get the start, does he start in AAA? Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's not going to be a bullpen guy. Is what I'm talking about, really. I don't think so. He seems. I haven't heard any talk about it. He seems more like a like a starter, and he, he like yeah, you said, he okay. pitched well this spring as a starter, so I, I see keep him there. Yeah, I think I'm right with you on that one, because if you have a starter who's pitching well, and you throw him in the bullpen just to have him on the roster, it stunts his development, and you could have him with Henry Owens in the lineup down the road as a rotation guy, and you'd have two dominant lefties if Johnson pans out with Owens. I'm hoping Owens pans out, too, because he's been he terrible. Too yeah. well. He's been gr- awful, dead awful, so I'm hoping he goes down to Pawtucket and fixes his stuff, but and that is exactly why he belongs down there. People, I've heard, I've seen people calling for Henry Owens to be pitching for the staff. No, thank you. Not yet. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, you'll see him and Swihart hopefully be a good duo as ace and catcher for the long time to come. But not right now. Sorry, He's, they're not ready. Swihart is closer than Owens, but both still not ready. Um, so yeah, Brian Johnson could make the roster if Joe Kelly gets hurt. You could also see them. If they do that whole situation where they keep him in the minors and get him 10 days, that also allows them to carry an extra reliever instead of having the extra starter on the rotation. So you could put someone down as a relief pitcher and then potentially Stephen Wright maybe and then have him listed as a relief pitcher but start him. So then you could do either. There's a bunch of things they can do, and I think that's the way they're going to go if they think that he, Kelly can get out of being on the DL. That case hurts Brian Johnson's chance of being on the roster, I think. I think the only way his chance helps is if he pitches well in his last start, which I think is, I don't even know when that is, but I know he's getting one more start, I believe. And if he pitches well and they need a starter long-term, they might. I think they're going to consider Brian Johnson heavily along with Stephen Wright because of the lefty and the way he's pitching and all that stuff. So it's, a, it's definitely something to look out for, but obviously keep an eye on Joe Kelly's status as well. Um, and we'll keep you up to date, of course, too. But um, one more thing I want to talk about, Jess. And you added this on the bottom here. I didn't even think of this, and it's kind of Awesome to talk about. I totally forgot about it. Um, Ruzne Castillo. I believe this was, what, Saturday? Yes. When, when, when was I think it was Saturday. Yes. Either way, Ruzne Castillo hits the walk-off home run um, in the 10th inning. Bomb. To win the game for the Red Sox. Oh, it was actually Thursday. Press- Excuse me. It was Thursday? Yep. In a pressure situation. And then he comes out and has a nice, great double play where he makes a sliding catch in right field, and then manages to get up and gun the guy out who tagged from third base at the plate. In extra innings. And he was out in, in extra innings. And he was out by like a good two or three feet, Jess. Yeah. 
It wasn't like it was even that close. Because when you watch the replay a couple times, you didn't just watch it once, really. You see him make the sliding catch and then get up and throw it. To get up and throw it that quick and have that guy who's tagging be out by two or three feet. Very impressive. That's that's impressive. And I am seeing huge things from Castillo. And it's going to be a sad disappointment when he gets thrown to AAA. But see, this is what I was. This is what I, I was wanting, and I've said wanted the regular season even more because, as you said many times, because Mookie Betts is ripping up spring training. Spring training doesn't matter that much, but this is the kind of stuff I'm I'm looking to see from Castillo to show that he's actually a major league ready player and to see that he's actually a good player because we haven't really been shown any proof of that. But hitting walk off home runs and saving games in the tenth inning, that's what you want to do to to, to prove <laughs> to prove that you're a good player. So okay. that's that's spring training. Spring training is a good sign if it's doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because doing that as Ruznay Castillo, making the slide throw, that's something you have. Whereas hitting in spring training might not mean you're a great hitter. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It's different because if you're a four, like Boogie Betts hitting like four-something right now in spring, uh-huh. he's not going to average a 400 batting average this year. I mean, it's not going to happen. I'd be happy with a little over 300. So that's going to fall. But Castillo, if Castillo has the athleticism to do that, we know it's there, and he know, we know the hustle's going to be there, and he's he- that means he's healthy, and he's ready to go. Yeah, as long as he doesn't get hurt again doing stuff like that. <laughs> yes, but who would you rather out there, him or Shane Victorino? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously from an age standpoint, Castillo. Oh, not, I'd rather him over because of a skill point at this point of Victorino's career. Yeah, I'd like to see Victorino one more time, see what he can bring. I'm ready to go but up The yet. sad part is I, I can kind of see where you're coming, but at the same point, having Victorino play is going to make Steele go down to the minors. And... So he won't be oh, here. Oh, the too many outfielder problems. So that's the sad part because I want him to be – unless they keep him on the bench, but I think that's a waste of Castillo's talent to keep him on the bench. Right. Which I think that it could also do. But I think realistically what's going to happen is Buki Betts is going to start in center, which clearly is the obvious thing at this point in spring. And Victorio is going to get that nod in right field. Uh, Castillo is going to get sent down. And then about a month, Castillo is going to come up. Yeah, we'll get to find out everything. Isn't that the exciting thing about the season starting? All our questions will be answered. It is. It's great. Uh, that being said, great show today, Jess. That was phenomenal. We did a good job. A lot of arguing. It's the best part about this show. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not radio. If you don't have some arguments, right? Gotta gotta argue. Gotta argue. It's always fun. I'm not a big gotta, arguer. Gotta love, it is. It does make for some good entertaining. Gotta love opposite opinions. Answer. Yeah. The best things in the world. All right. That being said, that was another great show of Red Sox beat this week on Cianus Radio. Don't forget, this show is brought to you by lynda.com and React. Lynda.com, you can go still get your 10-day 10 free, 10 free trial excuse me, on lynda.com backslash CLNS. Obviously, like we said, over 4,500 different courses on that website taught by experts. So go on and get your 2015 rearing and going now on lynda.com backslash CLNS. Uh, again, React is a new, great new partner of ours, and we're going to use it. Go on If you're not a member, go sign it up. If you are, search CLNS Radio, and you can see all the all the podcasts that we have, but you can click on Red Sox Beat and subscribe, so then we can tweet, not really tweet out, but send out all of our questions, and we can get your feedback and use that on the show. Don't forget as well, along with React and that new way of communicating with you, we're going to have a phone number you can call to leave a voicemail. How it's going to work is we're going to give you the phone number, you're just going to call, be prompted, you're going to leave your name, and what you want to say, anything at all. I don't care what it is. You can leave, obviously keep it friendly, or you're not going to get put on the show, but Anything baseball. I don't care if it's Red Sox. We, we talk about everything here. Fantasy, whatever. Question, answers, comments. You can yell at us. You can say we're stupid. I, the better, the, the more obnoxious sometimes, the better. You never know. Best stuff we'll get on the show. We'll, we'll show you the number. We'll tweet it out. We'll put it on Facebook. We'll, you won't miss the number if you want to call in. And it's be a great service, and that's going to be hopefully every week now. We're going to give it a test run next week and see how it works. 
I'm excited for that, Jess. That's going to be fun. That'll be really fun. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. I am. Next week, the season starts. This time next week when we talk to you, we'll have some regular season baseball. Can't believe it's already here. Season starts Sunday night, ESPN, Sunday night baseball with Cubs, Cardinals. Yes, our old friend John Lester will be getting the nod on national TV to start the season. Red Sox start Monday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Uh, 3 o'clock. Until then, it's 3 o'clock? Yeah. That was 1 o'clock. Sarah lied to me at work. Oh. I, went Wait, off I hope her. I'm right now. I'm going to get her. No, I, I'm uh, right. Anyway. It's, three. <laughs> it's three. Okay, so she was wrong. Um, Should have looked it up myself. My bad. Red Sox, 3 o'clock next week. So when we when we are recording, the Red Sox will be live for opening day baseball. Can't wait. I'm excited. Until then, for Jess Thomas, my co-host, I am Jared Scali on Red Sox Beat for Sealness Radio. Enjoy the rest of spring training, and here's to regular season baseball. <laughs>